Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. What's up, kids? Joel Cheeseman here of the Chad and Cheese podcast. Uh, welcome to Firing Squad. Woohoo! And on, in our in our long tradition of having people with much better accents and probably <laughs> a lot smarter than us, uh, today we're going to be talking to Adam Gordon uh, from Glasgow, Scotland, from Candidate ID. Adam, how yeah, are you? Great. Thank you very much for having me uh, on the show. Uh, assuming you're at happy hour um, at this hour in Glasgow, so uh, have a drink or two on us, and uh, the show's a lot better if you're a little tipsy, I hey, promise. I mean, seriously, when is happy hour in Dublin? I thought it was, I mean, isn't it like a 24-hour clock? <laughs> I don't, yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> but Glasgow, Glasgow's, Glasgow's better, though. The, the pub, the, I mean, there, is, there are pubs which are open 24 hours. So, so Chad and I are going to Dublin, which I assume you've yes. been. Any rec- any recommendations well, for us on beers or yeah, pubs? Yeah, I mean, anywhere in Temple Bar. That's where you want to be. Um, that's the very center of Dublin and full of live music and uh, cool people. Excellent. That's that's all you got. A city as big as Dublin and you give us one <laughs> no, no, pub. No. And no, like, the area... The, the whole area is called Temple Bar. Okay. Um, but one, ah. one, one little known fact, uh, I mean, Guinness is, Guinness is great, but look out for Beamish. Beamish is badass. There we go. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what, we what I'm looking for. Yes. Beamish. Thank you. Looking and the show beamish. is over. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, Joel, before we get into Firing Squad, I have one quick question. Yeah. Would you say that most companies find it hard to attract the right candidates to apply for their jobs? Uh, well, jobs to careers certainly thought so. Huh. That's why they created their new talent attraction platform, ODT. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> Dude, like, that's OPP. This is uh, ODT, which stands for On Demand Talent, where yeah. data-driven talent attraction is made easy. The On Demand Talent platform enables recruiters to reach the right talent at the right time at the right price. And the best part? What? You only pay for what Jobs to Careers delivers. No. So if you're attracting the wrong candidates mm-hmm. or you feel like you're on a recruiting hamster wheel, just go to go.j2c.com slash cc and learn how on-demand talent or ODT, yeah, you know me, can get you better candidates for less money. uh, I'd say you just go to chadcheese.com, click on the jobs to careers logo there, and it's just that simple. It is simple. Arm me with harmony. It's showtime. Chad, why don't, you, why don't you read the the listeners the rules of Firing Squad? Okay, for all those listeners who haven't heard of Firing Squad, shame on you first and foremost, but here we go. Uh, okay, Adam, you will have two minutes to pitch Candidate ID. At the end of the two minutes, you will hear this bell. Uh, then Joel and I are going to hit you with some rapid-fire Q&A. Uh, if your answers aren't concise... 
Joel's going to hit you with the bell or he's going to hit you with the crickets. That means you need to tighten up your game and we need to uh, get some quick and easy answers out of you. Uh, at the end of Q&A, you'll either have big applause, which means you kicked ass, a golf clap, which means you've got some work to do. And the last but not least, you don't want to face the firing squad. Because that means your shit is bad and it needs to go back to the drawing board. So that's firing squad. It's time to buckle up and pitch. Okay, Joel, start that pitch timer. Adam, are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. So when I started in recruitment in 1999, candidates couldn't access much information about opportunities or employers, so they needed to talk to recruiters to guide them through the education and consideration phases of their decision-making. Today, we have an abundance of information online. Candidates can become aware of an employer through an advert or a LinkedIn post. They can educate on a career site, and they can more deeply consider by reviewing the hiring manager's Facebook page, the company's Glassdoor reviews, and they can practically taste the coffee served at an employer before deciding whether or not to talk to the recruiter. So candidates are in control, and they're making themselves invisible. Meanwhile, Talent acquisition teams are being told to find and hire everyone in record time, but 80% of the total addressable market, according to LinkedIn, are not interested. So how do employers adapt? Candidate ID is a talent pipeline software for the age of the candidate. It allows employers to distribute content to potential candidates, multi-channel, multi-format, and it tracks and scores their interactions on email, text message, social media, landing pages, career sites, and more. Unlike CRM, Candidate ID was built as a system of engagement, so the two main benefits are that recruiters can reduce time to shortlist by 60% because they can filter their candidates according to the engagement score, and recruitment marketers can serve up a personalized nurture experience at scale and much better measure the effectiveness of all their brilliant work. Damn, that was tight. All right. You had 20 seconds Stop. left, but uh, yeah, well done. At first, I thought you had someone there with a stopwatch because you kind of <laughs> sped up at the end, and I thought someone was saying like, go, 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 go. No, I, I thought I was going to get crickets. <laughs> no. no, no, no. You never get crickets on the first two minutes. The crickets will come when you start droning on about whatever later in the show yeah. probably. But you might be tight. You're a, you're a Scotsman, so it might be clean. Um, I'll start with the first question. I'm always interested, Adam – you know, why this idea? What what was the catalyst for it? I mean, do you have a background in recruiting or not? Give me give me some of the genesis of all this. So, yeah, I, I started in recruitment in 1999 and uh, I started a research and sourcing business in 2009. In 2015, I was asking some of my teams, what are we working on? And we were working with a big biotech company. And I said, what, what are you doing for them? And she said, we're, we're, we're trying to find um, salespeople and scientists for them in Western Europe. So I said, have we not been doing that for the last two years? I mean, have we not found everybody? What about the people we found six months ago and the people we found 12 months ago? And it turned out that that employer was simply um, making contact with all those people at the point we were finding them but then never going back to them three months later or six months later or nine months later. So we were always looking for net new and topping up the pipeline. And what occurred to me was talent acquisition teams are always doing that. They are, they've got a dependency on what I call 
an addiction to what I call the dependency triplets, which are recruitment agencies, job boards, and social media. And they're constantly topping up the pipeline. Now, they don't need to be doing that because most of them, many international employers have got millions of people on their ATS. One big, big American pharmaceutical company told me 70% of the people we hire are already on the ATS. When we go to onboard them, they were already on the ATS. But most of them were finding through employee referral, through direct sourcing, and through advertising. What a complete waste of time and money. <laughs> so, you know, this, this, now I've got a background that includes recruitment, but also sales and marketing. So um, we have, between myself and my co-founder, Scott McRae, who's, who's a recruitment technology guy, um, we, we just we just realized that there's certain types of technology in sales and marketing which would work so well to solve this problem. So um, uh, products like Pardo and Marketo and Infusionsoft and SalesFusion, Acton, those kind of marketing automation products are designed to uh, give sales teams warm leads, a constant stream of mm-hmm. warm leads so that they know which prospects not to pick up the phone to and which prospects to pick up the phone to today because the people have been looking at the company's pricing page and their product spec and all that sort of stuff. So the, the salesperson phones up the, the the prospect and the prospect goes, well, that's a coincidence because I was just looking at your pricing page yesterday. And the recruit, you know, the salesperson's like, well, yeah, I know that because I've, I've been stalking you <laughs> online. But basically, that's exactly how it works. And it's precisely the same as we go about, you know, the way we go about buying products and services or other high consideration things like a house or a car or a wife, it's exactly the same way that we go about uh, making career decisions. So the parallel is just identical, and that's where we came up with the idea for candidate. Here's the thing, Adam. Here's the thing, Adam. And I mean, we're talking about many different silos that are kind of blended together very nicely. But the thing is that your whole, I've read the the wake, wake the Dead white paper, right, that you guys pulled together. You know, yeah. I don't believe you guys have enough emphasis on that because, I mean, you're 100% right. The money that's being spent, and we'll go over that here in a few minutes, is huge on the job sites, media, referrals, so on and so forth. But a big question for you, do you know the percentage of candidates that are hired from the applicant tracking system resume database through your current clients? Do you, What is that current percentage? So, um, I mean, at the point at the point that uh, a customer becomes a candidate ID user, mm-hmm. it, it, it may well be that the percentage is zero. They're not hiring anybody because their applicant tracking system is just not 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 searchable. Okay. And even if it is searchable, let's say a company's a pharmaceutical business has regulatory affairs manager and they're looking for a, somebody in London. They'll go onto their ATS. They'll filter regulatory affairs managers, bring up two thousand. Who do they pick up the phone to? Do they do it A to Z? Do they send them all an e- a one email? In which case, you know, it's kind of spammy for most people because uh-huh. they're not in the market. Right. So the, the answer is 0%. Now, um, we've got a couple of customers who are a year down the line with Candidate ID because we only launched in January uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I haven't got any data for them around what proportion they're now able to... Um, say they're hiring from their own their own database. What, but what I can say is that they're getting to shortlist 60% faster. And they're getting to shortlist 60% faster because they're not picking up the phone to people and cold calling them without knowing whether they might be interested or not because they're able to track you know, exactly what are they looking at. And that gives them the insight that, that, that tells them who to pick up the phone to, who are the hot leads today, 
in real time. So I, I, I've got to be honest, I, I can't answer that exact question. Mm-hmm. But what I can tell you is the 60% reduction in time to shortlist is the big thing that our customers are, are, are you know, highlighting as the main benefit they're getting from Candidate ID. Gotcha. So, so job sites, media referrals, uh, or media and referrals are like the top three. Um, but what companies are doing is they're really just sending the same people back into their applicant track. I mean, are, are they, are they buying those candidates over and over and over and without using their applicant track? That's it. I mean, that's it. That's exactly what they're doing. And I, 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 I said last year, a couple of times that I think recruiters are addicted to heroin and some people didn't like that um, analogy. So I no longer say that. Um, <laughs> and you know, they're addicted to job boards, social media, employee referral, mm-hmm. and they're addicted to anything else, which will help them find a whole load of net new talent. But that net new talent's probably already on the ATS. So our, our mission is for um, an employer an employer's database to become the first place that they go and, and that they are able to get to shortlist by using their own database. And, and, you know, it's the exception is that they need to go and do other things. Well, well, tell us how real quick, tell us how the wake the dead process actually works within the applicant tracking system, because I think most companies would be incredibly interested in understanding how they could take this graveyard of candidates and turn them into live walking uh, engaged candidates how does how does that process start how do you start with it and how does how do you keep them engaged how do you nurture them yeah so we we love this um we love this um sort of analogy the wake, waking the dead analogy because it, it, recruiters are always talking about you know my database is dead oh it's you know the 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 information in it's all stale i can't really use it um even if i can search it and so the concept of waking the dead is taking all of that stale data and um, running it through running it through candidate ID for an initial probably six week kind of nurture period. By the end of which you're going to know which email addresses are dead, um, which candidate records should be um, you know taken off the mm-hmm. system. Uh, you can do some progressive profiling with people to find out more information about them by getting them to give you information. So to access this white paper that will help you get ahead in your career, you know, what's your current salary um, uh, uh, banding or what's your likelihood of uh, making a job move? So this is information that you're sending. This is information that you're sending to the candidates to keep them engaged. Is that what I'm hearing for actual company information that's already available on their website? Or I mean, what is this? What is this information that we're talking about? No, not, necess- not necessarily, and, and, and that's a really important point. So using Candidate ID, you get to understand um, about individuals at scale. You get to understand which channels do they prefer, which content formats do they prefer, which content subjects do they prefer. And what we've got up, up to date is a situation where any organization that's doing Candidate Nurture, typically they're just sending the same email to everybody. It's probably just job alerts. So that's not really Nurture. What you need to be able to understand is, um, you need to be you need to be able to understand that Joel likes content about skills sent through email in a video format, whereas Chad likes content about industry insights um, sent through WhatsApp and in an infographic format. If you can really get a sense of you know what does in each individual um, prefer based on their behavior, and you can um, track and score that behavior then that's how you can really um, yeah, nurture people at scale in, in the way that they prefer to receive that content. 
if you get that right, you're going to get more people coming through the funnel from being effectively mm-hmm. cold, right, 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 right through to being, you know, lining lining up outside your office. Well, for Joel interview. likes chocolate cake, just so that you know. Go ahead, Joel. Chocolate cake and naps. And by the way, listeners, if you're hearing Adam's accent and the word heroin, I want to let you know this is not the train spotting uh, podcast. This is still Chad Cheese, um, Adam. There are a lot of competitors out there, um, just ones that we've talked about on our show, Convey IQ, Crowded, et cetera. Um, I mean, to say that you're the hub spot for recruiting, you mentioned Pardot and a few others that are marketing platforms, it's sort of becoming the norm. So how do you sell yourself different, differently from those guys? And, and why would I pick you over, over those competitors? So the reason that I don't use HubSpot is because HubSpot wasn't actually built as a marketing aut- automation product. It was built as an inbound marketing product, and that's a different thing. So, so something like Clinch would be more more equivalent to to a HubSpot, and that's great for the real high volume areas, like uh, I don't know, restaurant company, hospitality companies, and um, you know, construction businesses and those types of organizations. Um, but the reason that I made the comparison with something like Pardo is because. Um, that's much, much more about the, the the kind of nurture through the funnel, if you like. It's much more about the relationship building and, and the real the technology that's really able to um, understand more about more about people. So, um, I mean, you know, the, the the ones that you mentioned, I'm not completely familiar with, but the organisations who claim to be able to do the same kind of things that I know, they are they call themselves recruitment marketing products or something like that, and Really, they are CRM. They're, they're recruitment CRM. Now, CRM is a system of record. Its primary purpose is enabling internal workflow and storing information, whereas Candidate ID has been built as a system of engagement. And so, you know, it's it, it really is built to do just one specific thing, and that is bring people through the funnel. So it's not it's not it's not like it's be, it's, it's a kind of bolt, a, a sort of like half hour bolt on. Um, which is which is an which is basically just an email um, and and a sort of email a glorified Mailchimp. Now the big difference is what candidate ID is tracking is candidates' interactions across um, a whole load of different online assets that um, a recruitment CRM doesn't track. So a recruitment CRM will track an email open and a link click. And then it'll track activity around a career site. Mm-hmm. What it's not able to track is: does the person go to the hiring manager's Facebook page? Does the does the person go to the uh, company's Glassdoor or the Muse or um, all sorts of other online assets? So candidate ID is tracking far far wider than incumbent recruitment uh, recruitment technologies, and as a result, it's able to give a much much deeper and richer insight into the individuals so that you can score them. It's not a shallow score. It's a much, much deeper Tell us score. what that score is. So the, the score is actually an engagement score, right? It's not a skills test, anything like that. It's an, en- am I correct on that? It's an engagement score, how much they have uh, engaged with certain content or they've researched or, or what have you. Tell me a little bit more about the candidate scoring piece. Yeah, we, we believe it's very important to, 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 uh, identify a uh, identify suitable candidates based on their motivation first and skill set second. If you identify people based on a skill set, eighty percent of those people you find are not in the market 
they're not going to be responding to your LinkedIn message or your telephone call because they're not ready for a conversation. If you can, um, if you can identify people based on their motivation to want to work for your organization first, then assess them according to fit, you're going to get to shortlist 60% faster. Now, of course, what you don't want to do is use candidate ID to nurture the plumber who applied for a job as an economist or the, I don't know, the salesperson who applied for a job mm-hmm. as a scientist. You know, that, that, they're not people you want to be nurturing. What you want to do is bring in the total addressable market of people that you would be interested in, in interviewing now or in the future. A simple example would be, I'm head of recruitment at KPMG. I want every single person working at PwC, Deloitte, and EY in my system of engagement and I want to be nurturing all these people, tracking them, scoring them, so that I can see which of these people um, <clears throat> are going to be ready for a conversation about working with me at KPMG. So, you know, you, you want to be th- that's that's utopia. Utopia is that you're tracking every single person that you might want to hire now or in the future, um, and 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 based on who they work for and what their current job title is. That I believe is the first cut of is this person going to be going to be somebody mm. we should be nurturing. So you then filter them according to their engagement score. You know, you probably want to interview anybody that works for one of those organizations. So uh, assessing people or finding people based on fit first is going to mean that eighty percent of your outreach is wasted. But you don't know which eighty percent it is because you don't know anything about the people. So assessing them according to what they're doing is absolutely logically the first thing to do. Adam, if I'm looking at your website, and I am, um, I go to features and there's a whole lot of stuff that you guys got going with branding and candidate experience. And it sort of feels like throwing it at, you know, throwing stuff up there just to have people check it off. But do you really believe that those are core competencies of your product, employment branding? Well, um, we have, uh, I mean, we've got a very, very specific um, we've got a very specific message for anybody that's employment bra- in employer branding, and that is that we can help them to track um, the effectiveness of every single piece of content they put out on the net, every single tweet that they put out, um, because everything is, is is tracked. And what that means is that they can get better and better, and they can they, you know they can measure the effectiveness of their work to the nth degree. They can better and better. They can really understand not just. Um, you know, which channels are working best, but they can understand things like which day of the week works best, what time of the day works best. They can make a cut according to different locations. They can cut it according to different skill sets. Um, and they can really, really, um, you know, um, uh, yeah, cut, cut up their, um, their, their, talent, their talent nurture in a way that becomes highly personalized. So for, for those kinds of people, um, it, it really helps them prove their worth and, and, and demonstrate ROI. So from a branding standpoint, back to branding, <clears throat> we've been talking about uh, engagement systems for, for forever, whether they're quote unquote RMPs or whatever they might be. Um, what you're saying is from the employment branding standpoint, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a way to continue to engage them and then also better understand really the behavior and how the individual wants to see content from you? Is that, is that what I'm hearing? 
Well, we're living in a world where personalization becomes more and more important. So you go on to certain uh, websites like Amazon, for example, and it's giving you a personalized page based on mm. your history and what it knows about you. So using, using the same kind of techniques, um, Candidate ID is able to understand what, what, what content formats, what content channels, what times of the day, days of the week, what um, subjects that you're interested in. And this is a really important one is what subjects you're interested in because that'll determine where you are in the pipeline. So if somebody is only interested in skills or interested in industry insights, they're not ready for a conversation. Whereas if they're starting to look at your you know, job descriptions and things like that, they are ready for a conversation. And what candidate ID, the, one of the automated aspects of candidate ID is if Joel starts looking at job descriptions Everything, the intensity of what Joel gets from then on, um, you know, it, 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 it gets the, the communication mm -hmm. gets um, more frequent and it's much more, it's much more about we need to talk. Come in, come in for, come in for a coffee and meet people in our organization. Come to our team pizza night. You know, um, it's all about, you know, the, the intensity, the communication goes up. Whereas, if Joel is just looking at skills and that kind of thing, Joel will keep getting something once every 10 days or so, but it's, you know, you're not a priority. So we want to keep you warm. And the key thing is for the 80% of people who are not in the market, you need to make sure that you're not sending them job descriptions because that will piss them off. What you want to be sending them is things that will help them get ahead in their career. And we know from the data from our candidates, mm -hmm. um, from our clients' work on Candidate ID, that people want, even if they're not in the market, they want content which is useful, relevant, and will help them with their career. Well, I think Joel, they, they're already they, they're already tracking you because Adam knew about Team Pizza Night. <laughs> I knew about the chocolate cake as well, to be honest. <laughs> bad joke. Bad joke. Um, question about, uh, the future for you. I'm looking at your website again and, and the pricing page, you know, it's in pounds, which is very Brexit. I like that. Um, but are you looking to grow into other countries, um, adding more features, money raise, looking to raise more? Tell me about the future of the company. Okay. So first of all, um, the UK was never using the Euro as our currency. So <laughs> that's not, a, that's not a Brexit. It's not a Brexit positioning statement in any way. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, um, to convert that to us dollars, add on about 25%, uh, yeah, add about 25% more and it's us dollars. So, um, about 40% of our customers are in London, about 40% of our customers are in the USA and about 20% are in parts of Europe and parts of Asia Pacific. So we're already serving the world. Um, our, our, our customer market is what we call F600, which means Fortune 500 plus FTSE 100, um, which is the UK, UK stock market, top 100. Um, so those 600 are, is our customer base, plus international RPO organizations. So we already work with four. Um, we have self-funded the company to date. Um, our customers have um, helped us to to fund the business as well. Um, they have, in certain cases, they've prepaid 12 months in advance in order to allow us to mm -hmm. uh, move our product roadmap forward. And they've worked in worked in consultation with us to, to help us to do that, um, or, or or for us for us to include their wishes into what we're planning to do. Um, we're we're not going to be. People have told us we need to become a CRM. We don't want to become a CRM. It's absolutely not the plan. 
Um, that's a re- that's what we call a red ocean, and um, it's, it's not something we want to be involved in. Um, we absolutely we will be, we will be raising investment. We're talking to three RPO companies mm-hmm. today um, about investing in candidate ID. Um, the only reason we're talking to them because we can self fund it. Um, maybe not as fast as we would like to. So raising raising money is something we do need to do. But the the main reason we're talking to RPO, RPO businesses is because um, these these companies have got mm-hmm. case studies. They've seen how it works for them, and um, quite honestly, the opportunity to to uh, to uh, receive 40, 40 new customers at the same time as the investment is something that's incredibly appealing. Very nice. So, uh, any, any clients you yeah. can mention? Any name dropping? Any clients we can? Um, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can tell you. We work with um, we work with uh, I, Quint, well, it was Quintiles. It's called IQVIA, uh, Fortune five hundred. We work with Mondelez, another mm-hmm. Fortune five hundred. We work with Therm, Therm, Thermo Fisher Scientific, another Fortune five hundred. Uh, we work with Specsavers, which is um, it may be the world's number one optical retailer. It certainly is in uh, in Europe and Australia. Uh, we've got some. Um, we work with. Well, it's pretty. It's pretty public. Uh, I can tell you, one of the RPOs we work with is Cielo Talent. We've 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 been up for some joint awards for stuff we've done with them, um, and uh, and one of their clients called Dialog Semiconductor. Okay, that's good. That's good. I just wanted a few, not the whole uh, portfolio. So two quick questions. Uh, the first one is, uh, are you GDPR compliant? And for Joel, that's the general data protection regulation. It's a, it's an EU thing. Um, are you GDPR compliant? Was that a baby crying? Yes, he loves the baby crying. So are you GDPR compliant? <laughs> can you, can you <laughs> say get in my belly for me just once? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me? Fat, I didn't. I didn't fat, say that. You know, fat my, bastard, right? From Austin Powers. <laughs> oh, um, in my belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Sorry. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So, Nanny McPhee. Is that not sc- Scottish as well? Oh, Mrs. Sorry, Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello. Okay. Right. GDPR. So. I mean, you could use candidate ID to spam people, to spam strangers, in which case it's not GDPR compliant. Gotcha. Or you could use, or you could use it in a GDPR compliant way. So it just depends on the way you use it. Gotcha. Now, one of the, one of the important things about GDPR is a lot of organisations think you need to um, think that the regulations say you need to reach out to all your database mm-hmm. and ask them to opt in again. You absolutely don't. And one financial services company I know did that recently, and they got an 8.5% opt-in rate. Because they asked that question, they've got to delete 91.5% of their database. Utter suicide. Great answer. Great answer. I love that answer because that is not a yes or no answer. But my last question is knowing that you have this engagement with with uh, RPO, why the hell hasn't an RPO company or an applicant tracking system bought you guys yet? I mean, seriously, because the thing that RPOs are incredibly efficient, this seems like a very efficient way to utilize the candidates that they have in their, their huge databases and their clients' databases, not to mention applicant tracking systems. Shit, they've got the worst search technology in the world, which is one of the reasons why recruiters don't search the database. I mean, this seems like a, a, just a very smart move for an RPO or an applicant tracking system. What are you guys still doing on the market? Why aren't you bought yet? 
Well, I think we're. I think we're. I mean, we've only been in the market since January January last year, so we're pretty early stage, and I think we're down near the bottom of the top ten kind of hot issues right now. We keep we keep coming up coming up high. HR Tech World of of we we keep coming up high in one of their kind of uh, most disruptive startups, um, but there's there's so many other things like onboarding and um, onboarding and programmatic and um, AI kind of related things, uh, chatbots and other recruitment technologies where there's maybe a cluster of organizations that are um, really, really creating, you know, bigger kind of bigger, um, I don't know, market market penetration. At some point, of course, yeah, absolutely. If we become, if we continue to grow our reputation grow our market position and become successful, there will be other organizations that will be, you know, trying to do the same thing. And some of those will probably look at us and think, actually, it's going to be cheaper for us to buy that than it is to uh, build our own. But that's not what we're in the market for. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how, thing, how things pan out. But our, our current priority is to build, build, build and be working with every one of the Fortune 500 and mm-hmm. FTSE, FTSE 100. Excellent. Well, it's that time, Joel, unless you have another question. Did we lose Joel? Is he putting the dog out again? <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I was uh, <laughs> I was talking, but on mute. Um, yes, I am ready to uh, put Adam in front of the firing squad and, and see how he does. Okay. I apologize for that, All right. gentlemen. All right. Um, okay. okay. Uh, I'm going to shut my eyes. Chad and I both love the whole black hole elimination strategy and taking candidates and moving, you know, keeping them fresh or bringing them back to life, uh, which is popular these days in terms of, of saying it. So I like uh, I like the general model. Um, I like uh, kind of where you guys are going with it. Um, I'm not. I think the competitive thing uh, is going to, you kind of, I don't want to say you danced around it, but I think um, you should have a better feel for the competitive landscape. Um, be able to talk about <clears throat> how you're different than crowded, how you're different than, you know, levers uh, recent addition of sort of bringing back the dead from their candidate pool. Um, I'd like to hear more, uh, just more context around the branding piece. And, and I heard sort of around how candidate branding is affected but not much around how you're helping a company, you know, build their brand uh, and their employer brand, like integrations or, or help with Glassdoor stuff. You know, I'd like to see that in the future. I mean, I think you're off to a good start. Definitely not going to uh, bring the guns out. But uh, for me, I think you've got some work to do to convince me that you are a stellar startup, but you're on the right track. And my grade at this point is... <laughs> God's that's sake. one of my favorites. Okay, so Adam, so here here's the thing. So and there's no question, uh, and, and and again, I'm going to be consistent with my my conversation we had with Crowded. The whole waking the dead piece is huge. That is incredibly strong, and um, if you can demonstrate, which uh, I, I believe you guys can. That uh, you don't have to spend fifty five percent on a on a job board or thirty six percent on media or whatever it is, right? You can go back to your applicant tracking system first and use that as your primary weapon of going out and uh, and actually finding candidates. In addition to, and this is something that is is even more new, is filling them out and starting to engage them. It, 
nurture them is, is obviously the term you guys use. Uh, that is that is amazing because it's not just about waking the dead. It's about keeping them engaged and then scoring them to be able to know where they're at in the funnel. Um, I also believe on the employ, employment branding side of the house, there's no question. There's there, there's some tightening up on the message that you guys can can definitely do. But this is part and parcel to exactly what employment brand should actually be. It should be engagement. It should be the way that you treat your candidates. They shouldn't be in a black hole. They should be woken from the dead. And guess what? They should be constantly uh, hit with uh, the types of content that they want the way that they want it. So that being said, um, yeah, there's definitely, you've got some work to do. But to be quite frank, the technology and everything that you guys are putting together there, um, I'm I'm going with the, the big boss. <laughs> all the way through hooray, hooray. so um I, I i really i was thinking about clapping along with joel's golf clap and <laughs> uh, just to add a little bit more volume into the sound and yeah go on yeah adding your own <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay how do you feel adam you feel okay about that you feel like we ripped you off no i <clears throat> I, no, I, I I feel I feel okay about that. You know, I we have got we have got um, we have got more work to do. Absolutely, we're constantly refining our um, positioning. We're getting better and better, and um, I, I'm aware we're certainly not the finished article. And um, yeah, no, I'm 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 actually very pleased with that feedback because uh, it, it's given me some good pointers on things that I need to work on. Well, good deal. Well, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. We'll be watching and keep us uh, updated. Other, uh, Chad, you got anything else? We're out. Appreciate you being here, man. We're out. Thanks so much for having me. has been the firing squad be sure to subscribe to the chat and cheese podcast so you don't miss an episode and if you're a startup who wants to face the firing squad contact the boys at chadcheese.com today that's www.chadcheese.com The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.